You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, Gene. From the AfterBuzz studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is AfterBuzz TV. Hey there, Ruby fans, Ruby super fans. Welcome to the very first Ruby After Show here on AfterBuzz TV. We're so excited to cover this show. It's an internet phenomenon. We're here talking about season one in its entirety before season two begins. I'm Matt Lieberman. Joining me all season long, fantastic panelist Patrick Dees is here. Thank you, sir. It's good to be here again. It's good to be podcasting with you again, sir. I know. Sir. It's a pleasure it's to see you again. And our resident Ruby superfan and historian, if I can go so far, Katie Cullen is here. You may go there. Salutations! Yes. yes. Uh, <laughs> and we have two very, very special guests with us here via Skype. Uh, Carrie Shawcross and, uh, and My- Miles, Miles Luna. Luna. Miles Luna. Welcome, welcome. Thanks for having us, guys. Yeah, absolutely. We are thrilled to have you. Thrilled to have you. Um, now, I, you know, I'm just just so that everybody knows, I'm very new to the show, but I was incredibly impressed with everything that I've seen. I'm really, really excited to uh, see and hear how you're going to expand it into season two. Uh, so we're going to talk about season one in broad strokes and really get into these characters and the world. And then we're going to talk about season two. We're going to get into some fan tweets. And folks, if you're watching us live on AfterBuzzTV.com, feel free to hit us up on the chat roll on uh, on the website, or you can hit us up on Twitter. We'll give out our, our, our Twitter handles now, I think it's probably apropos. You can reach me at Matt Lieberman. That's M-A-T-T-L-I-E-B-E-R-M-A-N. Yes, sir. You can find me at P to the D's. That's P to the D-E-E-S. And you can find me on Twitter and Tumblr at Kiaxet. That's K-I-A-X-E-T. Okay. I am all over the chat roll, guys, too, so I'm on it. So He's on it. Where you pull him as we go. Be part of this show. Yeah. Yeah, tag me on Tumblr, and I will watch yeah. that feed. Okay, and we got hashtag, <laughs> hashtag too spooky. What was that? That's fast. I don't even. Seriously, we're starting that already. We're starting that already. Uh, We're having fun. So, uh, so okay. So, uh, so uh, you know, Carrie Miles, can you can you tell us a little bit about the how this show got started? Like, what was the first conversation you were involved with? How did it wind up getting from those conversations to the show that we know and love? I believe it started with you, Kieran. Uh, for me, uh, it was, you know, like, let's say 6 a.m. on a Monday morning uh, while working on RVB Season 10. Um, I would stagger into the kitchen looking for caffeine. Um, and I'd walk by Monty's desk, Monty Ohm, uh, and he'd be like, hey, I'm working on something. And I'd be like, that's cool. And I'd, like, keep walking. <laughs> and then, like, next week he'd be like, it's like this anime thing. I'm like that sounds really cool. We should do something like that. He's like, yeah. And then like, I got to keep walking. And then like next week he'd be like, you want to help me with this? I was like, yeah, absolutely. Yes, I do. <laughs> Let's do this. Um, and it just kind of like went from there. It was, it was a lot of, Hey, we're working long hours on visual effects for RVB. We need something creative to work on on the side. So mm-hmm. let's, make this thing we can swear right we can swear uh and then that's when we started talking to you yeah um i remember my 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 earliest memory of ruby talks i remember the war (laughs) 
my earliest Ruby memory is um, <clears throat> I was working uh, at when we were at our old office. I was upstairs by my lonesome working on Red vs. Blue Machinima while all the animators were down in our studio. And every now and then I'd walk down and I'd see Monty working on like some crazy scythe thing. And I'm like, I don't know what the hell that's all about, but I'm digging it. Uh, and then one day we all wanted to go out and get lunch and Monty and Carrie like approached and they're like, hey, <laughs> we had our robes on like, hey, like a tome. Hey, we got in and threw him in the g- and drove off. Yeah. That sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. It, was more like, it was more like, hey, we're going to go to Texas Landing Cattle and get some steak. You want to come? And I was like, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> and like, then they so. drop a steak in front of you and as soon as you took a bite, it's like, that's payment for working on this first season, pal. <laughs> Listen. Enjoy it. This is the blood pact. You've yeah. Signed it. yeah, you've signed it in cow's blood. Delicious it, cow's uh, blood. It was a bunch of like... Yeah, sure, cow's it, blood. It was like... It was like uh, Little Red Riding Hood, fairy tale influence, team names, color names. There's a world and it's crazy. Did I mention Sniper Scythe? And I was like, whoa. I, um, I'm dealing with some red and blue space marines right now. Yeah, right. <laughs> that really, really cool. Uh, get back to me on that. And they, they worked on developing some stuff. And then um, at the beginning, it was just a lot of like, here's an idea. Here's another idea. Yeah. Here's another idea that breaks the first two ideas. So, but that one's cooler. So let's do that. instead. Yeah. yeah. It's just a lot of just like, what do we like? What do we think is yeah. the coolest? Like all of us will just keep throwing in ideas. Like, what if we go this way with it? What if we go that way with it? Mm-hmm. Um, and eventually the three of us all decided on a few set rules and characters mm-hmm. and um, story ideas that we wanted to stick to. And then at one point we all kind of decided, okay, Monty's working on like, action and like the d- design and the look of the show and he kind of ha- had us go off and start writing uh the first episode yeah and the idea was he was going to show uh matt and bernie the uh owners and founders of rooster teeth he was going to show them the the first trailer that he made and then we were going to back it up with the script and essentially we were just going to go uh, right. <laughs> and apparently that strategy worked out pretty well for everyone involved yeah. Yeah. Um, so getting into sort of the scripting of this first season, we spend a lot of time uh, getting to know our main characters, forming Team Ruby, getting over some initial stumbling blocks in terms of uh, getting to know each other, and then sort of getting into or just just barely peeling back the mythology of uh, the Faunus uh, and the White Fang. Now, uh, one of the tweets that I got, and I... Let me let me see who who sent it to me. Um, was was about the relationship between hunters and huntresses and the police and kind of I'm just kind of wondering. Yeah, they're they're using dust. They have auras. They have these weapons to help kind of you know uh, fight crime and to stop people from doing bad things. Uh, what is their Legally, what what jurisdiction do they have? Do they have a jurisdiction, or does everyone just accept that they just can? Well, Cop Joel and Cop Bernie are kind of stunningly useless in this. I know. Oh well, well, they work very subtly. Yeah. What appears to be shenanigans and buffoonery actually very uh, very serious buffoonery. Mm. Yeah, um, and I want to give that uh, the credit for that tweet to uh, at Glenjamin Esquire, Glenn Caulfield. <laughs> I like it. All right. Yeah. Um, uh, not to give away too much, yeah. we are going to uh, – we are – one of the things that we're going to do with Volume 2 is answer a bunch of the questions that we didn't have time to answer yeah. in the first volume and start developing more on the world and how it works and all these things. So 
Uh, we actually are going to get a little bit into that this season, and I don't think we should give away too much. But uh, we should give away too much. Answers are coming. Give yeah. us an AfterBuzz uh, exclusive. Yeah, just give us an. Give just us an AfterBuzz exclusive. <laughs> Please. Um, they, they, they work together on something. Yeah, some... I mean, I think it's a, it's it's a. They're definitely respected, probably a little bit more than the in, police force. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, huntsmen and huntresses have well, a little more. Uh, wait to carry around with that title. Right. I mean, they, they, they come in on the, the important things. Yeah. Right. You know. you know, so would you say that they're effectively elemental SWAT team, perhaps? Uh, this sounds like a great band name. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, yes. yes. It's yeah. my Nine Inch Nails just, cover band. Right? I'd watch a double bill of Nerf Herder and elemental SWAT team. Yes. 100%. Yeah. First in line. <laughs> cool. VIP tickets, front of the pit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um... <laughs> So, uh, let's talk about Team Ruby a little bit. Like, where did you come up with the conception of of these characters? What kind of voices did you want in the mix? And, and since, uh, obviously late in the season, we learned that, uh, that, that Blake is a faunus, um, was that, was that something that you had always intended to put in there to make sure that you have a connection to that side of things? Or did that come later? It's funny how basic everything really started. Right. The, well, the the very initial, like the very very first thing that ever happened was Mont. This is how he tells us: is Monty woke up in the middle of the night one night, and no nobody in the room just said RWBY, and then wrote it down, and then fell back asleep. That's how he tells it. This <laughs> yeah, like legend. That's how that happened. He just sure. RWBY, and then like the, we went back to sleep, and he woke up the next morning and was like. RWBY, okay. And then, like, that that was kind of, like, what started with that whole, you know, thing I was talking about with him, where he would just be like, okay, RWBY, I think it's going to be, you know, red, white, black, yellow. Yeah, it was very early on, it was, um, the colors were really important, the look of the show, right. red, white, black, and yellow all complement each other really, really well, sure. and that was something that he wanted to stick to in terms of just, like, an artistic, artistic direction. Right. Um, I think the very super basic first talks of yeah. the four girls was Little Red Riding Hood... She's a sweetheart. She's yeah. kind of wild, little wolfy. Um, we have a, like a pretty princess kind of girl, mm-hmm. a ninja girl mm-hmm. with cat ears, and like a badass Goldilocks. And that was like the initial pitch that he gave to us. He was like, yeah. "This is this okay. is these are our characters." Yeah, yeah. And then again, it was just ah. Uh? Yeah. <laughs> was going, "Okay, no, this yeah, is a cool. Okay, yeah. This is a cool start." Where they, we go they with seemed this? like they would both get along and comically not get along. Okay, yeah, I can right. see this. And then from that. That was kind of the building blocks for everything else. We were like, okay, so we got a girl with cat ears. Okay, well, how do we explain that? Do we want to go in a world where we just don't explain it and whatever? Or do we want to try and give some more meaning behind it? And then that became this whole faunus white fang thing. Yeah. And then, you know, we had, you know, Weiss, just her design. She looked really, you know, formal and stuff. Okay, well, do we want to make her, is she royalty? Is she a princess? Uh, maybe not a princess. Uh, what about an heiress, though? And yeah. That's just kind of like based off of... It's like, wait, yeah, what's another way we can make her important without making so her So design kind of led uh, development, if it will. Yeah, uh, just like yeah. The, the colors led to the designs, led to um, the character personalities. Hmm. All right. Uh, do either of you guys have any uh, season one centric questions? I can keep going. I'm, I'm really a curious few, to see. Please, you go please, ahead. Absolutely. All right. Mine fine. are all very specific and potentially spoilery. <laughs> so you first. <laughs> so so uh, again, I want to I want to 
preface this comment with, this is absolutely the first anime I've ever seen. So I host a weekly video game podcast and kind of in a Venn diagram of like interest, there's a lot of overlap. So I was really excited to like kind of dive into this. And what would intrigue me was that you have like ostensibly six, seven minutes to like develop characters like at a shot, right? Six to ten minutes. And I want to, how did you go, what was that process as you were going into the writing room and saying, hey, like how do we, how do we share a lot of about the characters? How do we deliver a lot of exposition in almost no time at all? Yeah, and how then, do we be effective? And, and, and it worked. Like, I mean, you're really endeared to these people really quickly, but like, how did you go into that writing that? It sounds, felt like a challenge. You saw we went into that. Yeah. Okay. Carrie? Yeah, Miles? How the fuck are we going to do this? <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. All right. Uh, and we are now like, rated mature on like, iTunes. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. Like, it was such a <laughs> short time frame. Sure. It was really, really scary. Yeah. It was re- the first season was super scary because of all the reasons you just mentioned. Yeah. It's like, we, yeah. we don't have a lot of time. You really just have to like Throw the character at the audience and hope that they don't immediately hate them. Yeah, I mean, the first thing we did actually is um, when we were still developing the whole series as a whole, we weren't sure how many episodes we were going to do at first or anything like that. So the the first thing Matt asked us to do was to write six episodes. And we thought, okay, All right. we'll do six episodes. Um, and that took us basically where the first six uh We'll say, I guess, the first eight episodes. Took us all the way up to the Nevermore. Is it? Yeah, all the way yeah. up to the Nevermore. Um, and we, we wrote that, and they were like, oh, okay, well, this is good. Just go ahead and do more. Um, <laughs> so we're like, oh, okay, cool. That's like the best direction um, right. from a boss yeah. ever. Just uh, yeah. just go ahead. Just keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Good job. Yeah. 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 Do you have any notes? Uh, more. Yeah. More is more good. Try yeah. hard to be good mm-hmm. and don't suck. Yeah, basically. <laughs> it sounds like Bernie. It's a sampler on my wall at home. <laughs> Try so, hard to yeah. do that. And then it kind of turned into this, you know, okay, so we've got this chunk. We're going to add this much more to it. Okay, so we've told – it, it turned into like weird math yeah. of, of story balance versus character development. Versus comedy. Versus, versus comedy like, yeah. versus action. It, it felt uh, kind of like you did have sort of three acts to this season where you had sort of like – Everything leading up to the formation uh, of Team Ruby, or like you had the arrival at school, mm-hmm. you kind of have the formation of Team Ruby, and then you have sort of becoming becoming this team and having this you know discovery of Blake's Faunus heritage and having uh, you sort of this final confrontation. Yeah, I mean, I think we also we we've learned a lot from just watching RVB over the years and how uh, Bernie and Matt did it in that we we knew that. We we liked what we wrote for the entire thing. We were you know we were happy with that, and we knew that our audience had gotten used to kind of this delivery method of here's a little bit, all right, here's a little bit more, all right, here's a little bit more. Um, which you know I'm sure they scream at their computers a lot and go like, what? No, I want more of this now. Right? Oh but, yes. I mean, you know, it definitely seems like you know that's kind of the that started the the rooster teeth way is you know it's like hey we're gonna make a movie but over time right um sure. so I, I think a, a little of the pressure came off there mm-hmm. just knowing that it's like okay this is an established thing we've done before right as a company then going forward with volume two we kind of learned from volume one yeah. that uh it doesn't necessarily translate perfectly like going mm-hmm. from this type of th- show that red versus blue is to the type of show that Ruby is and the type of show that people expected it to be. Right. Right. People see yeah. an anime and they expect, you know, 22 minute long, mm-hmm. uh, full three act story every episode. And we, uh, you can't always do that. Yeah. So, uh, we learned from that and we worked, we busted our asses and, uh, 
uh, in volume two, we're actually going to have 12, is, uh, how many is it? It's 12, 12 minute episodes. Yeah, 12, 12 minute episodes. Uh, yeah, minimum 12 minutes per episode. So okay, okay. really, really, really fought to extend the length of every episode to try and get even more uh, character and story mm. and world building stuff into every episode. Well, because it's got and, it's it's incredibly hard because you've got you've got character, you've got world building, and then you've also got a commitment to having kick ass action. So how do you fit it all into <laughs> right. six? Um, and I'm lucky enough that I was able to binge watch it. I have to imagine that you faced your fair share of pretty ne- like angry comments from people, like especially during the whole forest sequence, was chopped up into so many pieces. Um, you know, that are just like, uh, what? No! I want, what? <laughs> N- stop it! Hey! We're Rooster Teeth <laughs> fans. Uh, we are well Mark. trained to watch three to five minutes and wait a week. Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Large grains of salt came with the comments. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember any that kept you up at night? Any All choice? Them. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> there was a few. There's one. Can I, I want to talk about, can I talk about the Jean arc? <laughs> As we yeah. Oh boy, so here we go. Cool. I remember yes. there was one comment that I was just like, oh, that was, um, I thought this show was called Ruby, not Juniper. Man, we're oh. focusing way too much on Jean. Because uh, yeah. one, one of the things that we wanted to try and do early on um, was to show that this wasn't going to be a show that focused solely on Ruby Rose as a character right. and only right. on sure. Ruby. We wanted to have an ensemble cast. Sometimes right. we might focus on a teacher or a student in another team. Um, we wanted to have make maybe even villains for certain. We wanted yeah. to like we really wanted everybody to enjoy all of the characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and originally, uh, yeah, the the way the way that things got broken up, uh, we didn't realize with weekly releases yeah. by doing uh, the the Juniper and uh, the Jean and Pierre kind of storyline and Cardin storyline. Uh, the way it was broken up, it was like a month of Jean, and then we had uh, like two really really big weeks of. Blake and Team Ruby, but because they were split up differently in terms of, like, we had the same amount of time for both story arcs, except one was split up over two weeks and one was, like, four or something like that. Everyone was like, there's way too much Juniper. Mm -hmm. I was like, but but technically there's not. I'm sorry. (laughs) If you look at the total runtime, you'll find it. (laughs) (laughs) If you look at the numbers, we crunched through. It better be worth it. It better pay off. Come on. There was was one that was like the pebble in my shoe constantly. I was just like, the the, the comment thing really interests me because like if anything about anything Rooster Teeth puts out there the community is incredibly vocal they're a very tight knit group right like so how has that community influenced the development of Ruby to this point maybe in season one and how how much of that feedback carries into season two it's uh it's definitely with Ruby in particular the 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 feedback kind of has to immediately apply to the next season right because we're so far ahead in development by the time these episodes are coming out um, which I don't know that everybody realizes this a lot of times. It's like, why didn't you read my comic from last week and fix everything <laughs> in the show for the next week? Um, but there's we definitely... can't all be South Park. We it's can't not all make a show yeah, in a sure. week. It's not red versus blue. Yeah. Exactly. Ha! 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 I've just been up for 30 hours. <laughs> um, but it's one of those things where it's like, you have to, every week, you sit there and go like, okay, hey, cool, good comment. Oh, bad comment. Okay, man. Okay, good comment. Okay, oh, bad comment. And then you, 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 you kind of think about that at the end of the season. We spent a lot of time at the end of the season. Okay, what do people like? What do people not like? Mm-hmm. What do we still want to do? What do we still want to do? Right. And how is it now going to be different? So, yeah. I mean, like, we, we spent a lot of time in Volume 2 trying to address the, the thoughts and concerns that people had st- and still trying to keep the things that they liked in Volume 1. Right. Agreed. Um, 
I think it's one of the beautiful things about the internet is that yeah. you do just get instant feedback. Sure, yeah. some of the times that feedback is just really loud caps lock mm-hmm. garbage. Right. But other times it's really, really um it, sometimes it's really insightful and sometimes it's just really, really nice to just read like something that you spent hours and hours and days and nights and weekends on. Yeah. And yeah. someone says, Wow, that was really, really awesome. That totally made my day. And just that one comment you're like, That made my day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was worth it. Absolutely. And you, see all, and you see all of those on Tumblr every day. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, you, you you learn like okay, I'm in I'm in a I'm in a good mood. I want to stay in a good mood. I'm gonna go ahead and stay on Rooster Teeth. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, read YouTube comments or something. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like, or it's like, oh man, you know, I'm feeling good. I can do this. Let's go. And then you you know you go in and you're like. No, why did I do this? <laughs> this was a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> well, when you read those all caps locks, like the terribly, these grammatical like disasters, when you read those, how do you just let that slide off? You to, to a certain extent, you have to like incorporate that feedback, but like also like okay, like okay, pump the brakes a little bit. How do you develop that thick skin? I'm gonna tell you a secret right now. Okay. Please. Whenever I start reading a comment, as soon as somebody uses just like the letter U or the wrong form of there, I'm like, oh, cool, okay, your opinion doesn't matter. All right, next comment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can't second, read. Unless, right. unless it's like a it. good thing sure. when they're just like hitting the keyboard as fast as they can. Wait, Miles, Carrie, what if it? What if he was saying just letter U R great, and you stopped at the letter U, and you didn't get to read the R great? Their That's opinion just, doesn't it's matter. Yeah, it's, the <laughs> it's just statistics. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, do you verb. ever do the Shannon McCormick the Shannon McCormick Tumblr freakout voice? Has that? You ever read a post in that? Oh, oh you, my you god. You yeah. Tumblr a lot more than I do after episodes. Yeah, so so Tumblr is a very emotional place. Yes. Yeah, sometimes it's very negative and weird, and sometimes it's really positive and happy, and sometimes it's really positive and weird. Yeah. But um, <laughs> my favorite is the uh, all caps, Oh, Ruby, my BB, please! No, you cannot do this! Oh, the, the BBYPLS is like yeah. the silliest thing I've right. ever seen. BB, please! <laughs> um, I think that's I think that's my favorite like dumb Tumblr thing that I've ever seen. I love it so much. Um, I want to read another fan tweet uh, from uh, Lupita Martinez at so Bubbly Lupita. Bunny. Uh, she writes, uh, "What are some things you would have changed in Volume One if you had the chance?" Mm, that's a good question. Uh, if we could, if we had the time. The time and ability to do it, uh, getting rid of the shadow people would have been cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, All right. Spot the main character. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) It was just something, it was a, it was. It's just a production thing. It's just like, hey, we don't have the time to make a whole bunch of random characters, so. Yeah, we looked, and it's because we looked at animes like Soul Eater, which will have just like a gradient background. Like, they don't draw every background character a lot of times. It's just like blank people silhouettes. Uh, but we just learned from Volume 1 that doesn't carry over as well into a 3D anime trying to look like a 2D anime. Real yeah, especially quick, when guys. we have this, you know, super colourful environment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Real quick, <laughs> um, you guys, can so you uh, mute the AfterBuzz stream, please? The, it, mute the AfterBuzz live chat on your end, because we're getting, like, little pops oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. when people yeah. bring uh, bring stuff up. We can still hear you, I promise. Yes. See and we love the we love the chat. Bum, 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 is you doing filler music, yeah. Stephen? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Was, was that the Price Is Right? Was it was. Price is right. Right. That, oh, was, that was the Price Is Maybe. Yeah. The Price Is Maybe. Okay. 
Um, now, how much has changed production-wise between seasons one and two, or volumes one and two of Ruby? This comes from uh, Rubeastly at Rubeastly on on Twitter. Uh, do do you have a larger budget? Do you have a larger staff? Did you have more time, perhaps, or less time? Uh, we actually we have about the same amount of time. We started a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're doing more, uh, and we're actually doing it with fewer people. Uh, it's basically been a okay. What worked? It, it's the, the same attitude that we took to the script. Is okay. What worked? Okay, let's just like keep refining this this production and, and just keep making it better. Um, Honestly, the like the the day to day hasn't changed too much. It's just a lot of you know we just people know to the grindstone working. Yeah, and you know every once in a while we'll go and review stuff, and you know it's a uh, yeah, it's it's a production. Yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, in terms of your sense of humor, the the sense of humor on the show I think is very well defined, and I'm very curious as to what. What what anime you pull from in terms of injecting it and and the way that you inject it? I feel like there's a lot of visual tropes that come right out of uh, different anime, and also maybe just other just comedic influences that you guys have. Uh, there's definitely there's there's a just a straight up reference to Samurai Champloo in there. Oh yeah, um, oh yeah. Which uh, one? Uh, which part I, are you I mean, talking I would say about? Overall, like, it, it's not. It's I don't think it's a thing where it's like we're watching something. It's like oh, let's do something like that. I think it's just a lot of our. I watch a lot of anime, and my mom's watches a good bit too. I, it's just a lot of like. I think it's just comedic timing kind of comes from that. Yeah, like, anything else? Honestly, too. Our, essentially, the rule that we establish—not like a rule, but something that we just kind of learned—is uh, the writing process for the two of us is essentially we're at one of one of our apartments. One of us has a laptop. The other one's like either walking around with a sword or something, or yeah. just like okay. rolling <laughs> on the ground. Sure. That sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. and. Uh, and essentially, if we say something dumb, but it makes both of us laugh, we're like, "All right, let's go." Yeah, we definitely had. I'm really excited. We really, we really goofed up Ruby a little yeah. more this season. Ruby's a little bit more of a young goofball, uh, yeah. even, and she was pretty silly in the first season. Yeah, yeah. yeah huh? yes. Here's what both thumb is. We have. Um, we usually write about two, when we're writing. We do about two episodes a week. Yeah. Um, so we'll start the day off a lot of times with reading everything we wrote the day before. And our, our just our, our rule is if it made us laugh, if it makes us laugh we keep it in if it doesn't then we probably fix it yeah right um, what level of of notes process do you deal with uh, both from from Bernie and the team at, at Rooster Teeth and from Monty because I feel like he's handling more the visual side and the action side or at least that that's kind of what I'm hearing uh, how does that collaboration work uh, uh, it's interesting yeah. Uh, the first season, the first volume, I remember getting a lot more notes and suggestions from Matt and Bernie because they weren't. This was this was like nothing that Rooster Teeth had ever done before, and I think they had a little bit of um, absolutely understandable hesitation when it came to yeah. certain things. Like you were two guys that had never really written a brand new show before, and yeah. it's going to be like the next big thing. I'd be kind of worried yeah. <laughs> if I was on the other end of that deal. Um, and uh, they, they're not super familiar with uh, with anime and the type of show that we were going mm-hmm. for. Uh, but after they saw that it worked, they were like, oh, cool, you kids just keep doing this thing. Yeah. yeah. I would say, I mean, definitely the, the biggest, especially for Matt and Bernie, I feel like the biggest no- the round of notes we get is at the very beginning when we say, okay, here's the outline for the season. 
Yeah. It's like the, with the, they help us a lot in, you know, crafting what the flow of the season is going to be yeah. Yeah. and, you know, what content is going, what episodes. Does this episode feel too light? Does this episode feel too heavy? Do Have we distributed the fights evenly? You know, like that kind of stuff. Really good at patience. Um, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, so basically once we get to that point, we get to that point, we sign off, we're like, okay, this is what we're going to do. And then we kind of go off. Um we we'll get we'll get some notes from them, but yeah, definitely went. You know, there weren't as many this year at that point of it. Uh, and then with Monty, it's you know he's the one we work, we the three of us work together to kind of get the story of the season. Um, like what's going to happen? What do we? It's like this is going to happen this year. This is going to happen this year. Yeah. This is going to happen this year. Monty will and say then, like you know I really want X and Y. Yeah, that would be cool if we had that happen. You know, in, yeah. in the story this season. So then we'll go off for like a week and be like, okay, here's here's what we think it is, and then he'll go, this is good, but. I want to add this, and I don't like this anymore. We're like, okay, and then we like rearrange some stuff, and like, huh? And he's like, yeah. And then we just then we basically just start writing, and uh, every week we'll just send him the drafts, and he'll read them and go like, oh, this show's really funny. Maybe we should do something like this now, and then we'll incorporate that down the line, kind of thing. So it's a lot of it's just definitely like continuously moving process. Yeah. Sure. So yeah. how many years in advance do you have this plan? Do you have the idea for the entire storyline, or is it? Uh, well, Years. yeah. Do you, well, do you know yeah. where, where you're going with the whole series? That's actually we, a, a good we, question. We actually do have, yeah. from, from like, before we even started writing the first episode, we wanted to plot out, like, where we wanted this thing to go. And obviously it's open to change and yeah. adaptation as we go along. It's like, like you said, it's a constantly changing beast. Uh, but, yeah, no joke, we have, like, years of story yeah. <laughs> kind of planned up. Uh, and we definitely have... Um, ideas for where the volumes are going to take us yeah it's a we it's important to us to have this pacing not only through the season but throughout the entire series so it's just it's it's more than that's just something it's like hey we want it to be here later so like let's strive toward that yeah mm-hmm. one of the the shows that your series reminds me of and this is 100 percent a compliment is uh obviously it's going to draw comparisons to avatar the, avatar the last airbender oh, uh, and yeah. the legend of Korra. Yeah. and uh what i really appreciate about those shows are that they matured with their audience the same way that say you know the harry potter series matured with sure. its audience yeah is that kind of uh very much on the forefront of your mind in developing these years of story is it going to get darker or does it have a relatively similar tone throughout i i'd say that yeah the show will mature along with the audience and also just that's kind of you know that's the the three-act structure as the story goes on things become more precarious the stakes yeah. get higher think everything becomes more and more dangerous mm-hmm. um high risk high reward kind of mm-hmm. stuff that's kind of just the nature of storytelling mm-hmm. so yeah as, as the years go on things will get dicey oh. <laughs> yeah. they're dicey already <laughs> Well, I'm curious to see you guys. Like, so during the writing process, I mean, you guys are two guys. Uh, how is it? And you're writing for largely a female cast. Has it been a challenge to write like empowered, strong women? And because I feel like it's resonated with both genders. I'm just curious to see what your experience has been as guys writing for women. All right, so I'm gonna be real. <laughs> Break it down. Guys, please yeah. be I'll real. Truth bombs. So please be like, real. Oh, you guys are like, yeah, pro ladies. Woo, that's awesome equality. And I'm sitting here like. Uh, we're just writing a story about kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it's like, I don't know. Like, I don't really 
think of them. I don't. I don't know that it, that it's like in our mind when we're writing this. I don't think we're ever like, yeah, they're women. Like, like, like we're we're not we're not thinking like, hey, we're they're these strong characters doing these things. We're just like, hey, they're these kids. They're put in a situation. Yeah, more than anything, we just see them as like, yeah, kids in an outlandish situation. Yeah, okay, people. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're yes, people. I uh, which I I well, think makes it look like we're not trying too hard. So I guess that's part of it. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know. I, probably, yeah, yeah. like we're, we're, there definitely was no like agenda. Yeah. Sure, sure. Sorry, sure. ladies. We weren't intentionally <laughs> looking out for you. We just kind of thought these four girls. But were you've cool. managed to accomplish it anyway, and do we ever appreciate it? Uh, yeah, I feel like you nailed it. And you, I think you guys avoided maybe, and that, maybe that's just too, like, uh, right, that you're writing kids, but, like, you avoided what I would relate to be, like, a typical anime trope of, like, just over sexualization of, the, of the, the lady characters. I felt like they were, like, empowered and effeminate, but again, what, not over sexualized in any way. So I feel like not only they resonate, but you, uh, you, you dodged that bullet, if you will. Well, Thanks. Yeah. And, and I mean, and that's not to say that, like, one thing that does, like, I, I, I'd agree that, like, there's some shows that, like, definitely over-sexualize female characters. But that's also not to say that, like, a character can't be sexy. I don't no, think no, anybody's yeah, going to yeah. disagree no, that, like, sure. right. Yang's a sexy character. Yeah, she's yeah, very clean. Yeah, yeah, it's, sure. it's not It's okay to be anyone. sexy. Glinda Goodwitch? Yep. Glinda Goodwitch. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, Glinda Goodwitch got a different kind of sexy going on. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah she does. She knows how to rocket. She knows what she do. Well, and it's Kathleen behind the mic for that one, so... <laughs> uh, so um, I'm gonna ask a, I'm gonna ask another Twitter question uh, that uh, hopefully you can answer for us. Um, it's a it's a season one into season two question from Daniel Stewart at Cumnef. Uh, how much time has passed? How much time passed during Volume One, and how much time has passed between Volume One and Volume Two? Is there any kind of uh, break between them, or are we picking up right where we left off? I feel like people uh, are going to know. Essentially, essentially yeah. we have we have the the first volume is uh, takes place during the first semester of school. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's been uh, I think it's been week month. Uh, it's it's the start. The volume two yeah. kicks off the second semester. Yeah, okay. so I think we throw is, dates in there somewhere. So, yeah, I think the first episode has like it's been it's been weeks and something or another. There's a line. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it, it's a uh, it's 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 been about like in the in between of a semester. Yeah, actually, yeah. Okay. They went on vacation for a little bit, maybe. I don't know. Also, two years. <laughs> <laughs> also, two years. Also, two. Okay, is this one piece? Uh, <laughs> um, my own questions. Oh yeah, and go for it. I. I just kind of want to drop a few plot elements here that we've seen earlier in the just season. Just know we will not answer spoilery questions. I know. I know. I just and this is also for the viewers. I want to bring a few things up. Um Ospin pointed out the color of Ruby's eyes. One of the first things he said on meeting her, you have silver eyes. This is a world based on color. Uh we don't know who Yang was looking for in her trailer. We don't know who that gravestone was. And we have very little backstory for Pira, Nora, Ren. Are you planning on addressing any of this in the upcoming season? Is this part of a longer game that we'll need to wait for? A little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Right. Because yeah. I feel like, yeah, there's a lot of stuff. So, so so, some of it we maybe will see in Volume 2. Some of it, you know, maybe are just smaller details or things that may get addressed later on. Well, the trailer Absolutely. did hint yeah, at Pira's story a little. We're uh, we're big fans of setting up stuff and doing kind of like longer plays, which mm-hmm. I know a lot of people hate, but I feel like it just pays off a lot more. It's a lot of it too is just like, hey, let's sprinkle this in here, and we maybe we'll come back to it later. Maybe we won't, but yeah. we probably will. 
because we want to. Yeah. Well, right. and we that, saw that is one of the hardest one. things is having to say, we can't tell that particular uh, right, story just right. yet, but maybe yeah. next volume. All, to, to, I, I think it's, I feel comfortable saying this. All of the things that you brought up, we've, we've, they're there for a reason. All right. Yeah, it doesn't right. seem to be an ounce of fat on any episode, so I'm sure they are. That's all on us. Uh, <laughs> all on us. Wait, so guys, break it down for me. Like one of my favorite things about it, uh, to Matt's point, was the the fights. Like, man, I thought the fights were just pure badassery. So break down. Like, how does that fight choreography come about? How do you design those fights? How much of that's like mocap versus animated? I'm interested to hear how they came about because I thought it was really strong throughout the entire season. Dude, save that for Monty next week. All right, yeah. all right, all right. <laughs> you got to yeah, you pay it for it, man. It goes to Mr. Monty oh, yeah, for one of those fights. There was there was a. Uh, a few moments in volume one, like we were, where Carrie and I would kind of come up with like the basic blueprint. Literally, we drew out a really goofy, like blueprint looking plan on how the teams fought the monsters in yeah. the okay. forest in volume yeah. one. Yeah. And essentially, Monty was like, I like this, this, and this, and I'm going to change it and add a little bit of this. And also, they're over here now. Yeah. And then he was like, Good job. I'm going to go play with these things now. Yeah. And then he made something. <laughs> Thank you for these toys. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for these toys. I'm going to go play with them. Just to cover like, our part of it, it's yeah. basically we will, you know, we're writing the script and we're like, okay, a fight's going here. We'll kind of give them like an end point that's like, all right, you've got these characters, they're in this setting, and then we'll give them an out point. It's like, okay, these characters feel this way at the end. This person won. Go. And, and he, he goes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, he does. Absolutely. Um, this is just kind of a fun question from at Spoofopolis. Uh, will we ever get a video with all of Shane's takes of That's a Big Ursa? <laughs> I hope so. Oh, my God. We have it. We uh, we actually... Uh, I mean, it's in the, it's in the, the intro. I don't think it's a big deal. We, uh, we're recording some efforts for Shane's character in Russell. <laughs> and... Um, Oh boy, I haven't heard all of those. That was fantastic. I haven't heard those oh, yet. I've been yeah. in Red versus Blue Land. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh my god. I love Shane. Newfield. Shane is incredible. He's like one of the funniest, quietest people you'll ever meet yeah. in your entire life. And you never, you never know just by meeting him. Yeah, and we're already working on the uh, hidden Easter egg videos for this year. So, oh, fantastic! Sponsor right. cuts from the DVD. Oh, that'll be fun. Oh, so there will be there will be a DVD of a uh, of volume one or volume two. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. DVD Blu-ray just like last year. Yeah. In stores or something at some point in time. That's a plug. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. I, like I like it. Um I'm I'm gonna ask another another fan question. Uh Hannah at Hey Impecky uh asks, What is your favorite character to write for? Do you have a favorite character to write for? Oh man. This is I think my favorite problem to have. Yeah. Is um when we were coming up with a lot of the characters and the personalities We'd be writing for Yang for a while, and we'd both just be like, dude, Yang is the best. Yeah. And then we'd write for Ren and Noor for a little while, and we're like, these two are just top. Yeah. Um, and it's nice not be. It's like it's such a mom and dad answer, but it's so hard to pick a favorite it out really of all is. of our little yeah. ladies. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, God, man, I think the easiest, personally, for me to write for is Jean, just because sure. Jean is, is, in essence, just like a heightened version of my middle school self. Sure, sure. Um, so <laughs> yeah. I just kind of... Like, did you cheat your way into like. middle school? Did you lie to get into middle school? Yes, uh, <laughs> I uh, I actually lied to get in here. I was wondering where you're going with this. I have no idea yeah. what, what red versus blue is. Who are you? I'm you. <laughs> 
Well, um, if we're not having any uh, idea, you certainly write it well. Yeah. yeah. I, um, so you answer and just say Ruby. I think this year, yeah. just because it's really fun. Ruby was yeah. super fun to write this yeah. year. Yeah, oh, she's great. been. She's she's just a goofball this yeah. year. This, this volume, wonderful. So, flip side of that, what's been really difficult to write? Is there a character where it's difficult to get into that headspace? Has there been a scene or an arc where you just keep throwing it down on the desk and going, "What do I do with this"? Uh, I think for me, it would either be uh, Weiss or Blake. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Weiss or Blake, especially in volume one, had some of the more dramatic scenes. And it's really hard. It was really hard finding Blake's voice because at first we wanted her to be very apathetic and disinterested in a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Um, But then the character came across as kind of flat and boring. So then we had to, like, we made her a little sassy and more cynical and sarcastic, and that helped a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, But I remember writing for Blake early on was really tough. And it was also tough on Aaron trying to find the voice when we didn't exactly know what her voice was at the very yeah. start of all of this. But we all kind of put our heads together and came up with something that we really liked. Okay. Um, yeah, I think Weiss and Blake are, are the more difficult ones. Because they're, yeah. they're definitely, they definitely have a lot more baggage carrying. Well, from what we've seen out, sure. of, out of Team Ruby, they've got a lot of... They have, they've opened their bags first. Yeah, they yeah. opened their bags first, yeah. Well, they're, just, they're unpacking. They're less fun. Like right off the bat, they're <laughs> they're just less fun, and, and you, you can tell because like that's the thing. Nora and Yang are my favorite characters too, and I feel like it's because you can tell you guys are having fun writing them. Yeah, yeah, they're, no, yeah. It's like the characters that are just zany and woo. Absolutely, it's just like yeah, it's like you, a hyperactive puppy. It's great. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, when you got to get into some heavy plot stuff. You take. You got to take more time and make sure. sure is this sounding sure. too melodramatic? Is this getting the point across? Is she still who she is at her core? Yeah, I feel like those are probably the uh, the scenes that we will work on the most. For right. Sure. Yeah. Hmm. Well, and it seems like Weiss and Blake are deeper characters, whereas Ruby and Yang are broader characters that more hold things together. Uh, in volume one, that is kind of how we set yeah. them up. But one thing that I think is fun to do is introduce a character that you think you understand or you know, mm-hmm. like the that character trope and then to break it. Yeah. Uh, not to keep harping, not to keep tooting the John horn. Uh, but no, that was one thing that was really fun to do with, with John was showing, Oh, we have the lovable idiot guy. And then a few episodes in, he's aware that he's the lovable idiot and he hates being the lovable yeah. idiot. Sure. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Yang. Oh, she's a busty party girl. She's also like a really, really loving and nurturing sister. Like we had these characters that you think you understand right off the bat, but then the more you get to know them, you realize, oh shit. Yeah, I mean, I think to some extent too. You know, we also treated this as you know real people. It's you know sometimes it takes a little bit longer for people to open up. Oh, who's, you know, who's home? What's that, Barbara? Uh, <laughs> doors are opening everywhere, yeah. man. <laughs> Um, I have another another Twitter question now, Katie. You you had said to me that the trailers that we had to watch the trailers because the trailers are canon. Yes. Uh, and someone's asking, do the trailers have a part in the story? And if so, where in the timeline are they? Can you explain this point to me? Because I don't get how they're canon. They don't have any connection to the events. Do they, they absolutely yeah. are canon, and <laughs> you will learn about them as the story unfolds. Land the smackdown. Okay. Blake's trailer, the black trailer, right. explains the story behind Weiss's comment when she's yelling about how abused she is. Explains her comment about an entire cargo train stolen. Right. That's what happened in that trailer. We see oh. Yang looking for someone, and we see Junior and the two other girls that she fights show up in the season two opening. And we, I, the best I can figure, we see Weiss's backstory and how she got that scar over her eye. 
Ruby, we still no, have a I ton of unanswered questions. <laughs> yeah, no. Do you have anything to add? I we feel know like she's how they got, got it. She's <laughs> knocking them out. No, she's she's doing great she's right now. Doing actually. pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. She'll be working at Rooster Teeth next week. <laughs> I don't know about that. Yeah. That's um, that's hard to do. We'll talk about that off the air. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, talk to me a little bit about uh, kind of the the voiceover casting, right? Like, so when you're writing, do you have like a particular person in mind, or you know, once you've written a character and your people are coming to audition for that, like, what are you looking for? What's that magic moment where you find a voice to fit with this person that you've written? Like, what does all that look like? Uh, I, for, for a lot of the initial characters, we kind of already had them in mind just based on who they were and like what we knew they could do with their voice. Uh, Lindsay definitely surprised all of us. Oh my week. god, she was no incredible. idea she was going to go for what she did, and she totally nailed it right yeah. off, right out of the gate. Um, yeah, I mean, as, as much as we can, we always try to think it's like even if it doesn't end up working out, it's like okay, we're writing for this character now. We think it's going to be played by this character. Let's let's write to them a little bit, you know. Let's let's. There's no reason not to, you know. Let, let's you know in, include a little bit of their personality into it. Play to their strengths a bit. When it yeah, comes to dialogue exactly. And the phrasing and the mannerisms. That definitely that definitely worked for, uh, or that definitely happened for uh, Team Ruby. Okay, okay. fantastic. Um, I, this is a season two question. Sure. Are we going to learn more about? Yang and Ruby's family and their past yes. together, like they're they're sisters, but we haven't really seen more uh, than just the fact that they do have this bond. Right, and that gravestone in the red trailer. Hmm. Uh, question mark. Maybe uh, that's something that we will definitely be uh, exploring yeah. down the line. Does it happen this season? Does it happen another season? Or are you just gonna have to tune in to find out? Roosterteeth.com. Oh, believe me, we will be. Thursdays, Ruby Thursdays. Expert salesman, right there. <laughs> Continuing on with the season two questions, Carrie, I saw that you're voicing Neptune. Yes. Yes. Can you tell us a little bit about the voice you chose, a little bit about the character that may not be spoilers? Did you do any work off of Michael trying to find the voice? Anything like um, that? It was, uh, it was a lot of me being self-conscious, so, like, Miles and I going in the conference room and just, like, just him just, like, helping me, like, try and find something that, that worked and then going to the booth. We actually, uh, for the first two episodes at least, we had written all the dialogue for Neptune, and I was trying to record it and we're like none of this feels right anymore so we actually just rewrote every single one of his lines um basically just in the booth as we went because it was like oh this actually sounds better to say here so let's just say this instead uh it was kind of it was kind of what you do for you have kind of like a jean pass that you do where it's like we'll write something and it's like either you'll kind of finish the final phrasing or it's like we'll we'll tweak in the booth a little bit we found that i do that now too with a little bit yeah. yeah um no, it was just it was a, it was a lot of just trial and error actually. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything particularly interesting from that. Um, I don't know really. He's got blue hair. Whoa! <laughs> Whoa! Yeah. He's on uh, team uh, hot I men. I really, really, really like uh, like Neptune. Uh, even with the the glimpses we'll get to see of him uh, this yeah. season. Uh, and Michael and I hang out a lot too, so it kind of it worked out. All, All right. right. Fantastic. Now, uh, unfortunately, we do only have a couple more minutes left, so uh, I think we we have time for maybe one more question. Uh, yeah, uh, Katie, Patrick, anything? I've got a question. Go ahead. Play that do you like oh, I just, yeah. <laughs> Come on, Patrick. Ridiculous go. inside joke question. It looks like Neptune has a gun. Gun. The gun that turns into a gun. And the chat is saying it looks awesome. It does. It looks amazing. <laughs> 
Looks can be deceiving. Looks can yes. be deceiving. Oh, good. I'm looking forward Save to it. Uh, my, my, my question quickly was around the weapons. It was one of my favorite things, the weapon design. Do you have any that you just threw out that was like pretty rad, some design that they were gonna, you were going to use at some point that just didn't make the final cut that you just kind of wish was still around? There was a weapon that... I can't remember if we came up with it. We came up with one for Volume One yeah. okay. that we didn't get to see in Volume One. Okay. Oh. We might get to see in Volume yeah. Two, and I'm so excited! Fingers yeah, crossed. That's the beauty of this show too, oh, yeah. especially because we know there's going to be like there's so many characters now, and there's so many later. If we have an idea for something, it's like, oh, it doesn't really work for this character we're doing. All right, well, we'll just hold on to it. Yeah, and we'll yeah. Yeah. It's going to get used. Fantastic. Oh. Will we see Ozpin's weapon? There are so many theories around that cane. All right. Uh, I want to thank you both uh, for joining us. It's been a real pleasure talking to you. We're all so excited for the premiere of Ruby this Thursday. Uh, Thursday what time? Uh, This Thursday, I'm hoping I get all these right, it's going to be uh, 5 o'clock for our sponsors Mm -hmm. uh, and then 7 o'clock for everybody. Um, We're going to have... that may not may or may not be the time going forward. We'll see, but definitely this Thursday. That's the time. Um, also, this weekend, uh, you can see uh, Aaron and Kara at uh, San Diego Comic Con. Yeah, as it is also sometimes referred to. Blake and Weiss, go see yes. him. Okay, we well, actually have a fourth host who was not able to be with us today. Megan Salinas. She will be interviewing them. them at Comic Con. Oh, awesome! Yeah. Uh, do you guys have uh, Twitter handles you want to just shout out yeah. real quick before you get off the phone? Yeah, sure. Uh, I'm at Carrie Shawcross at K E R R Y S H A W C R O S S, and I am at Miles Luna. 24. Okay. Thank you both so much for joining yeah, us. Thanks, guys. Thank uh, you, guys. Hopefully we'll be talking to you again before the end of the season. Thank you for having us. All right. Thanks, guys. Anytime. Thanks, guys. All right. Uh, so before we before we wrap up here, they were fantastic. Weren't oh, they, they are weren't they, they are wonderful people. Yeah. Uh, before we wrap up, I just want to uh, remind folks at home, anyone who's watching us on YouTube, uh, that uh, a great way to support the show if you like what we're doing here. Obviously, we're going to be reading your YouTube comments and interacting you uh, with you down there in the comment section. But another great way to support this show and to support all the shows here at AfterBuzz TV, uh, if this is your first time here, is to go to iTunes, rate and review the show, and any other shows that you listen to or that you watch. Uh, It's the best way for us to attract sponsors and guests to our variety of shows. We put out between 60 and 70 hours of free after show content a week. And we, yeah, and we are going to be here. uh, We're going to be doing this season, we're going to be doing it a little little differently from some of our other shows. We're going to be doing it bi-weekly every two weeks, talking about two episodes at a time with special guests all season long. You don't want to miss it. You don't want to miss one episode. So our next show is on the 31st, I believe. Yes, on the 31st. 7 p.m. Pacific time, and we will have Monty Ohm as a Skype guest. Yes, creator Monty Ohm. So uh, feel free to tweet at us, tweet your questions with the hashtag uh, Ruby AfterBuzz. Is that or AfterBuzz Ruby? Ruby ABTV. ABTV so that we can find all of your questions. Thank you so much. So, uh, uh, Patrick, where can the people find you? I, I host a weekly gaming podcast. If you're into anime and we talk about gaming and um, I don't know, a bunch of other stuff, it's called Pixel by Pixel on iTunes. 
iTunes. You can find me on Twitter. I'm at P to the D's. Okay, and Katie Cullen. You can find me on Twitter, Tumblr, and the Rooster Teeth site at Kiaget. That's K-I-A-X-E-T. I'm also on Sword Art Online, Attack on Titan, and The Legend of Korra after both panels all on Sunday. Okay, and wow. you can find me on Twitter at Matt Lieberman. That's M-A-T-T-L-I-E-B-E-R-M-A-N. You can find all my videos for SourceFed and SourceFed Nerd on YouTube. And you can find me on a bunch of other AfterBuzz TV shows, including Defiance, uh, Under the Dome, The Strain, Ray Donovan, and uh, Halt and Catch Fire. Thank you all so much. We'll see you in two weeks. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, Buzz you, you later. later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only. Do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV. It's kind of a brand thing. 